When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst, April 4th, 2023, three weeks and change away from the NFL draft. This is our podcast, The Deep End, here on the Player Profiler Network. We'll have a guest tonight that Player Profiler fans and hopefully most draft enthusiasts, enthusiasts, excuse me, that's tough, are aware of. Cody Carpentier will join us. Adam and I have each prepared three rookies, and here are what we are going to say are our favorite landing spots for those guys and then Cody can uh, hopefully, you know, he can tell us where we're wrong. So we've got that. We'll look at a draft board that I had from last night, get Adam's scrutiny because we're drafting all the time. It's kind of what we pride ourselves on. We're in games. We're playing high stakes. And uh, if, if you are too, we want to be, uh, be right for you. Funny thing, the last thing Adam says before he hits the button and we go live is, let me just get the Sharks ready. All right. <laughs> right now is when we find out if the Sharks are indeed ready. Mike and Adam, this is the deep end. Sharks, sharks are ready. Sharks are always ready. Come on. <laughs> sharks are always ready. Are you sharks ready? Are You're ready. playing her today. Yeah. This is uh this is so cliche, but this is the this is the MJ flu game right here. And this is what every every you know adult and male in their 30s says when they're sick and working. Oh, it's the MJ flu game today. But yeah, woke up. The stomach bug is ripping our house to bits right, right now. So I'm glad this is done re- remotely, or I don't know if uh if you'd even want to do it. <laughs> I guess the, the flu game replaced Willis Reed, RIP, the late Willis Reed. Why does it have to be yeah. basketball? I don't know why it has to be basketball. Who knows? But, like, I'm older Who than knows? you, and, um, like, Willis Reed was the reference. But, you know, same thing. A little bit yep. of a illness in Adam's house, but um, thanks for making it work tonight. Again, Cody Carpentier coming up. Before we do that, last night, you know, you know the feeling. It's kind of late. Everybody's mm-hmm. gone to bed, but it's not quite – It's not quite too late for us. So let's cram a draft in. Went and did a $35 best ball at FFPC. I saw it was about to fill, and it did fill. So we had a draft last night. And I want to show it to you. A couple of things that are interesting uh, from this draft. Every draft has something. You've got the screen there. Maybe we can take a look at that. I am team nine. So the Bijan Robinson team. I was thinking about... Eckler actually went in this draft already, but we each picked a couple of guys that were basically not drafting at all. I'm 20, 25 drafts in. Yeah. And Eckler is scary for me. He had gone here in this draft. Derek Henry, uh, I know, is somebody like that for you. And I wouldn't be taking Derek Henry either. So, you know, you skate through, and I don't have those guys on this team. Robinson versus Barkley, Adam. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Talk about landing spots later on. But um, I want to lean Robinson just because he's just he's younger. But um, but that doesn't always mean. I mean, Barkley's not. He's not not old. And Theo actually, uh, Theo actually talked about last year about how the best you know running backs weren't all the first and second year guys. You know, he had some experience there behind those guys. So uh, I kind of you know me. I love I love Barkley. I want to see what the what the Giants do in the draft? Can they add on the offensive line? Can they add at the skill positions so that they're not double teaming Barkley? I mean, Barkley ran some routes out of the backfield last year. He was double teamed by two linebackers. <laughs> like we have to, we have to get get rid of that. But long story, I would, I, I probably lean Bijan. And listen, this isn't our only draft. We talk about this every right. week. Go, go fifty fifty. Go Bijan this time or whatever, and Barkley next time. I think in these independent best ball leagues, stacking is almost irrelevant. That's probably something that data would or would not support, and I don't have that in front of me to, to show you, but that's been my my act when it comes to these, you know, again, not tournaments, independent best ball leagues. You know, how important is that upside? I mean, you certainly will have advocates for both. In this draft, though, I was happy to get Aaron Rodgers assuming Jets in the middle rounds to put with Garrett Wilson. 
What didn't happen for me in this draft, and I'll scroll scroll down to show you the rest of it, is tight ends. So there's Kyle Pitts in round four, one pick after George Kittle. But I got here to round – it's 28 rounds. This is a kicker and defense draft. There's Isaiah Likely in round 16. And we are still only at two tight ends here going late. So I had to, had to get to four on this team. Uzama, yep. Jets, and Jonu Smith. I don't know. Is that a mistake? Like, I'm probably a little bit deeper the other way around, uh, wide receiver, if not running back too. But um, I guess I got caught a little bit there, Adam. Yeah, that, that, can, that can happen, especially in t- tight end premium. But I think I don't think you can ever go wrong with taking – you know, it's much easier to catch up on tight end, I think, than it is at, like, quarterback because there gets to a point where, like, there's just no quarterbacks left that are going to see any time unless there's an injury. Or something, to, or unless they win like a job or something. Whereas tight end, you can sneak in, you know, a touchdown here or there. Uh, was it Z- Z- Zilstra? He was, he was the, the guy you had to have last year. You had Zilstra <laughs> in the twentieth round for the Lions with a well, you have a three touchdown performance. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can always catch up at tight end a little later on if you take three or four. Have you drafted him ever? No, he's he's a guy I'm actively avoiding, Mike. I'm not. I don't <laughs> like- <laughs> It's, it's round five. I'm not That's taking right. Shane Zilstra. <laughs> he is still number one on their depth chart, I think. I was thinking about Miami at tight end yesterday when uh, with Gesicki gone. I'm like, what are they going to do there? And only a few minutes after I looked that up, they announced a contract extension for Durham Smythe. So I, I guess it's oh boy. Smythe and there's another guy there too, but of course. But um you know, you have a couple teams there where maybe they're not in, you know, teams that are going to use the tight end in the passing game very often. Certainly not 12 personnel teams, but I don't know. Detroit had TJ Hawkinson. He's gone. There's there's a void there. Maybe you'll see some of these rookie tight ends that were pretty yeah. about land on teams where um, Hawkinson, who left Detroit, Yusuke in Miami, other examples too, they fill those voids. Maybe. Yep. I like that. So George Kittle. If you see him in round four on this board, one pick before my pick of Kyle Pitts, I would have picked Pitts over Kittle in most situations. And Kittle is also somebody you're not drafting. What's the case against him for you? It's kind of the case it's been kind of every, you know, last year was, you know, he ended up as tight end two last year. It's been a top five tight end. So I think it's, I know it's kind of crazy to say, you know, a guy I'm avoiding, but I just feel like it's not even necessarily where he, where he's at in the tight end rankings. It's just kind of where he's at in the draft. You know, right here, he's going in the early fourth. According to Fantasy Mojo, you can get him. Uh, he's going really mid-third mid, mid is where he's going there, around, around the Hawkinson range. So, you know, I'd rather have Devonta Smith, Higgins, all those guys over Kittle. He's going to be 30 th- this year. Um, and, again, he plays like an offensive tackle, and he's going to miss games. Last year, he played 15 of 17. Year before, he played 14. So, year before, he played 8. So, um, you know, he's, he's going to miss, he's going to miss games. I don't like that. And then the, the quarterback, like, I don't know who's playing quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do as far as what the, what the rapport is going to look like. So right now at this point, I would rather uh, not take Kittle and just kind of take some of the other skill guys that are, that are going around him and then wait, wait and get like, um, you know, even a little, a little bit longer and get like a Dallas Goddard, uh, which is slight, slightly longer. Um, but even David and Joku, I like a couple rounds later. You want to elaborate on your other guy, Henry, as someone you're not drafting, or could we just look up any, you know, <laughs> fantasy football show anybody has done in the last four years and understand the the reasoning? Well, it's so funny. They're like like nine out of every ten shows are like, well, I'm not taking to Derrick Henry for all the reasons everybody uses. He's banged up, the offense stinks, like they're they're gonna they're running him into the ground. But then there's like that one guy that's like, I don't care. If I'm taking Henry, no matter what, so it's a very, it's a very polarizing <laughs> player. Um, but I'd like to see Henry get the heck out of there. Now I know that'll probably never happen because he's like a a staple in the on the team and the community and all that. But um, but yeah, he's just an absolute monster. It's funny if you go to the player profiler page on Der- and Derrick Henry, his best his best cop is Zangief, the the Street Fighter character, which Mike, I know you're probably not familiar. I don't know if you're a big no, Street Fighter guy. No, I have. I, I'm, <laughs> I used used to be, used to be, but no, uh, the site is great for that. You know, you have to sort of, if you know, you know some of those, some of the graphics and the and the faces. 
I was in a bar Friday night in the bathroom, and it was one of these bathrooms where people have written on the the stalls, you know, on the walls for many years, and there it was in big letters. I'm always drafting Derrick Henry, and then a phone number <laughs> underneath. I, I, I don't know. Right. No, <laughs> I matter, no matter what. I would have been tempted had it been someone else, but, uh, you know, fantasy football, but, you know, somebody's always drafting Derrick Henry. Questionable. Sure. Uh, I mentioned Eckler. Just, like, there's so many strikes against. What's the, what's the bull case is he's amazing. But age, size for his age, touchdown efficiency, there's a contract dispute, you know? I just I just can't give you my vote. I mean, in the middle of the first round, I'm always on someone else. I'll have to mix some Eckler in. But he's at 109, probably going down a little bit, it seems. Um, Robinson, Barkley, I love the second. Kenneth Walker, much rather do the 2v2 with A.J. Brown and, and a Walker or whoever it happens to be uh, than Eckler and, and the reverse and wide receiver. So... It's risky, but he's somebody that I'm pretty much off. Dalvin Cook is my other one, and that's just obvious, I think. Even even in the in that draft we looked at, end of round four, ahead of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, who got paid. Like, I have never in my life maybe drafted David Montgomery, but I've been burned. And I don't know, Cook, again, age, injury history, cap, consideration for or cut consideration rather for Minnesota because of the cap and everything and just assigned Madison I think Minnesota is sort of if Cook is there then he's there but if he's not and the money makes you wonder then that's a team where there should be a rookie in that backfield that's relevant I think Minnesota is a fun team for one of these day two even day three running backs that we're going to talk about we'll um, start doing that next Cody Carpentier will join us, Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst, here on The Deep End. But first, a word from our sponsor. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February and so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Back here on the deep end, Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst bringing in one of the sharpest guys in the game when it comes to the draft. Cody Carpentier with us, NFL draft analyst for our own very player profiler. Cody, how's life? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, fellas. I want to first congratulate and thank and uh, welcome you guys to the Player Profiler Podcast Network. It's, uh, I think, this episode two of the Deep End. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I appreciate you guys coming on here, and I thank you for inviting me to come on the Deep End again this year. I remember coming on last year, so I hope both of you are well. I'm doing pretty good myself. That's a sick hat, Cody. You got to <laughs> where do I find one of those hats? Okay, this is a. This is a one of two right here. This is a, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> as long as it's one of two, not two of two, is how it's numbered. You want to you want to have the first one if you can. Well, this is your. I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to speak for you, but maybe your favorite time of year. Oh, one hundred percent. It's it's not even close. It's uh, really you know the grind in the season. One of my big things in the season is I work with the uh, manage the charting team. So we have like seventy guys that chart throughout the season for the data that goes on the site, and we grind and grind and grind through that. And then the minute that that kind of ends, which is like week eighteen, I'm like draft season, and it's just like this you know late December until the draft is my favorite time of year. One hundred percent. It's been pretty newsy, right? I mean, you always have guys who don't work at the combine, but the quarterback developments in this offseason and the running back pool seems so deep. 
I think mm-hmm. from on WGR talking to different draft analysts, Cody, a pretty wide range of opinions when it comes to wide receivers. And you have interesting tight ends. So favorite time of year. And this is a good year to have this, you know, this affliction or whatever, this obsession with the draft, because there's so much, uh, there's so much news and interesting developments here lately. 100%. And that's the thing is, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, as I'm sure you do. I know you're on the radio and it's like you hear everyone's different opinions and they're like, well, this class isn't as good as last class. Well, this class is better than this class at this position, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like every class is going to be different than the last or the next in, in some form or fashion, right? Like obviously the top end of this receiving class is not of what the last three classes have been. Obviously, like there's no Chase, there's no Jefferson. We're pretty sure Jackson Smith and Jig was really good himself, but he's a little, he's a different type of receiver. Uh, and after that, it's it's kind of a fall off or it kind of drops off. And the, the sizing of the class, the depth in different in different areas, the running back class, we love the depth there. But you know, it's tough not being inside of a team because a lot of people inside the team may have a different view on these running backs. Because after you get through these top three, four guys, I think it's a, it's a, it's a dealer's choice. It's a, uh, all a cart, whatever, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Adam and I have each prepared three rookies to throw at you here, like perfect landing spot kind of ideas. And within that, let's talk about what we think is likeliest to happen in the draft. I put in three names, Adam put in three names. Neither of us picked Bijan Robinson. I don't think this conversation is complete unless we spend at least one question on him. What is your best case scenario for Bijan Robinson? Best case scenario for Bijan Robinson from a fantasy perspective would be, you know, obviously goes round one. That's a, that's a given, right? And people want to point to the Eagles. I don't think Howie Roseman is going to do that. Um, the Falcons have talked about wanting multiple backs. So see, see where the conversation's at. It's, you know, ideal. It's like a top 10, 12, top 12, right? Because then you know he's going to get that workload. But the team's up there. The Eagles, we're pretty sure they're not going to give a guy 300 touches. The Falcons are pretty sure they're not going to get 300 touches. The interesting one would be what Tennessee is doing, because Tennessee, I think, is holding a lot of things close to the chest right now. They're getting a lot of flack from across the league. Uh, you know, oh, they should be rebuilding. Well, I don't think Rand Carthen, I don't think Mike Vrabel want to rebuild. So, you know, if there was a world where Derrick Henry did depart, uh, if there was a world where Ryan Tannehill did depart and they completely reset this thing, Tennessee is a very, very, very interesting one, um, I think, for Bijan Robinson. One uh, at the Combine, talking to some people that are, you know, working for NFL Network, they said, don't be surprised if Bill Belichick pulls that up pulls that card at uh, pick 14 <laughs> one of my favorite ones though i think is dallas and dallas has been one that's much more discussed um that is obviously pollard is there they bring in ronald jones but if and i've said this multiple times but the the ultimate power move obviously what we've known the last five six seven years with zeke being in dallas you know that's the big money the big money ticket is this big running back that they're going to feed him it's feed zeke season whatever whatever there would be no Nobody else can top what Zeke was to Dallas than Bijan going from Austin, Texas to Dallas. You would be instantly the number one selling jersey in the NFL. So I would say Tennessee or Dallas would be my two favorite landing spots for Bijan. Yeah, I love that Dallas point. I completely agree with you. That would be so much fun to, to have him there. Um, Bijan, for me, I'd like to see him there. Um, and, and I think I'd like to see any talented running back go to, go to Miami too. I just feel like with the coaching staff there – um, it would be just give them more weapons because you know they know exactly what they're doing with them down there. Bijan to Dallas would break the draft. Yeah. <laughs> just break. F- fantasy, everybody would just lose it if that happened. Oh, finally, relief, Cody from Tony Pollard is actually good. You know, we finally all just sort of they, Dallas got there, I guess, it indirectly, and then we go right back, <laughs> right back into it. Right back into it. Pollard should uh, demand a trade by by Friday <laughs> if that happens. All right, Adam. So uh, I know we both put a lot of time into this. Three rookies. I'm curious, like how you came up with your list too. But why don't you tell us sort of that what your thinking was? We're trying to pick landing spots that we're excited about or what might be optimal, and then get into your first guy. Yeah, I was. You know, it's hard to know. These, with these mock drafts and you look and you try to project yourself and figure out what teams, especially when you're doing like dynasty drafts, right? You want to try to kind of figure that out to kind of get an edge there. But, but I was thinking of like some, some kind of fun, fun players here. And uh, Quentin Johnston to me is a fun guy. He's a guy who I think has, um, 
he has maybe the highest upside in this draft class, but also maybe and Cody can, can correct me here, but also might be one of the bigger bust guys too. Uh, outside X, X receiver. I would love to see him go to like, and I know everyone says stuff like this. I'd love to see him go to the Baltimore Ravens. I'd love to see them go all in on some more weapons. I know they've been, they've been linked to Odell Beckham. You could still do both. You can do Beckham and Johnston. I love the idea of Johnston there. Uh, make Lamar maybe a little bit more happy and uh, get that nice elite outside receiver with him. Um, you know, they, they can move Bateman all over the place. I love, I love, love Bateman so much, but Bateman can, can be moved around. Uh, he was scoring on, you know, slant routes out of the slot last year. So uh, Johnston to me is a guy that I think they should go get um, and, uh, and pair up with, with Lamar, try to keep him there. But Cody, before you speak, I want to throw in mine and maybe we can do this this way where we both tell you our optimal, our ideas for landing spots and then you can, you know, state your, your preference or whether we're way off. I went Carolina for him. Maybe that's not perfect for his fantasy value, certainly as a rookie, but they need a number one. That'd be pick 39 without trades. And that, I don't know, you'll tell us, but is that maybe possible for Johnston or will he definitely be gone by there? I like him for the Panthers. Okay. Take it. What do you think? One, I want to say, Adam, you're, you're not happy with Nelson Aguilar out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Slander. <laughs> no, for real though. Yeah. I think Baltimore obviously would be an ideal land spot as, as far as Baltimore goes, they need the weapons. Like you can't just rely another season uh, going with Devin Duvernay and Tyler Wallace is there. James Prochet. Like you, you got to start bringing something in you, and uh, DaCosta said that at the combine, you know, and Rashad Bateman kind of clapped back at him. Uh, but yeah, I do think they go after receiver. I think that Quinton would be a guy that fits well in Baltimore. Um, and I, I'm very interested to see kind of what happens with this Lamar thing, because I think regardless, whichever direction it is, I think if he does go there, I think you're going to see a free agent want to go there. If he leaves, I don't know what's going to happen with Baltimore. Um, so I like that land spot. Carolina, you brought up. It's a very interesting one. I looked at that one. Um, and based the only reason I would say maybe I, I, one, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to be there at 39. I do think they would maybe have to move up for him because uh, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. But it's interesting what uh, they said back in – Scott Fitterer said at the Combine about Terrace Marshall because me and uh, Alex Dunlap went around and asked these these GMs like these these questions that the the local media don't care about. The You know, what's Kenny Gainwell going to do this year? What's Terrace Marshall going to do? And they're very excited about Terrace Marshall, and then they go and bring in Chark and Thiel and so on. I'm interested to see kind of what they're doing um, – they obviously have a better receiving core, I would say, today than Baltimore does. Um, but I do think bringing in a Quinton would only continue to light that fire under Terrace Marshall. And if they bring in, a, obviously, C.J. Stride number one overall, I think that would, only, that would only bolster the core. And having four good receivers, I know Thielen's aging, but I, I hadn't really dove into that thought process. But now that I'm now that you said it, I don't mind that as much, obviously, because we haven't really seen what we wanted to see out of Terrace so far. So, um I think I would lean Baltimore just because of the targets as far as fantasy goes, but the Carolina one's interesting from a team building standpoint because that would give them the optimal optimal package of weapons, uh, especially at the receiving position for a CJ Stroud. I've been drafting Marshall, and in a lot of these drafts where you end up with one of the rookies and Stroud is still the favorite there, you, you take your best guess as to what the, the stack might look like. All right, we'll give uh, round one to Adam. Good, because that was his guy. You'd hate to lose <laughs> your serve right away. Right in this game. Uh, my first guy was Anthony Richardson. Maybe this is going to be obvious or maybe not, but I feel like Indianapolis is a team in good or great position to come down with Richardson, especially if he doesn't go one. We'll see what happens with Arizona's pick, but the new coach from coming over from Philadelphia had hurts. The question I guess I have about the Colts in terms of whether they're up for this Cody is, are, are they sure enough in their own skin? Like is the GM, safe enough, you know, can they have, I guess, you know, this is maybe a stereotype, but some degree of, or amount of patience with Richardson to let him sort of grow into the job. That's the question. How urgent, how much urgency is there with Indianapolis? Adam, do you have a thought on Richardson? Yeah. I mean, I think any team that doesn't have a franchise quarterback should always just take another quarterback. Right. So I think any of those spots that you named could work for, for, for sure. Um, Indy would be would be nice. I just want a coaching staff. 
Um, that's and again, a lot of these coaches up at the top here, we don't know about, right? Because all they all got fired, <laughs> so now it's all brand new coaches. Like, what are they willing to do, to do? I just want a coach that's going to let the player be the player. I know they had to develop Richardson is you know his the reading reading defenses and all that type of stuff, but he's so big, he's so strong. Let him let him use his athleticism as well while he learns that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Houston, Arizona, um, you know. Houston had the coaching staff coming over from San Francisco where they had Trey Lance had some experience there with the running quarterback. So um, yeah, let it, I, I just want a team that's going to let him run. So um, Houston or Arizona, I think would be fine with me. Houston's one I had on my list. Um, I think Houston, Indianapolis, obviously Indianapolis needs a quarterback. You, the patience thing you bring up is interesting because it's perceived, and I think it is, that it t- it's going to take Anthony Richardson at least a year, maybe a year and a half, as it should. But when you're talking about fantasy perspective, if Houston goes Richardson at two, I have flashbacks and thoughts of Justin Fields, right? And that is, I think you drop Anthony Richardson day one in Houston, and there's not a ton of talent around him. I think he's, he easily, and, and this is a strong word here, he easily rushes for 1,200 yards in, in year one. Uh, at the quarterback position in Houston, just because there's not enough talent around him to to really to really elevate, and they're not going to win six games, uh, even as good as he is, right? It's going to kind of be like Justin Fields last year, running for his life. They got a good offensive line, good, um, but I think that's an interesting one, especially for fantasy. One that I I did have written down here for AR was Houston, and then Detroit. Detroit, I think, would be optimal for him. For him, I think that is the best case scenario because you get to go in there with Goff, and Goff is kind of close to that Alex Smith level, I would say, where Alec, he's going to teach him, right? Alex Smith taught Patrick Mahomes for that full season. If they could possibly get Richardson to Detroit, I think that Goff would would bring Richardson on enough, and I think Goff would end up earning himself, or regardless, I think he's still going to have a job over the next four, five, six, seven years, however long he wants to stay in the NFL. Goff's going to have a job, but Richardson would be the one that could take this ne- this Detroit team to the next level with the talent that's around him with Jamison, Amon Ra, and Swift and Montgomery. So um, I think Houston's very interesting. I think for fantasy, that's definitely the the the, the A one stakes off spot. Um, yeah. And you think Houston that is at least realistic enough that they're that they wouldn't pick Young at two? I that's the thing is like I I, I as a team builder, being smart, you probably would have to be you know. And this is also a thing where you have to understand where your team is at. I think that they're a couple years away still, so I wouldn't draft a quarterback regardless. But um, it kind of just all what their mold is. If they want to go and be a pocket passing team, you're going to get Bryce Young. But if they want to be uh, if they want to go after the Fields uh, type of offense, if they want to go after the Lamar Jackson type of offense, it, it's all kind of what they want. And everything we've heard so far has been Bryce Young, but they also do have that 12 pick overall. So, you know, we've seen teams trade. They trade out of two. They do this. They do that. Richardson ends up falling. Boom, he's there at 12. Like, that would be that would be something that I could definitely see. Is that where they picked Watson at 12? Maybe uh, that's right that year. The Mahomes year also. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, it's all Adam Krautwurst. That's good. He's not feeling well. You know, <laughs> he's at the lobster roll. He's underwater. We want to see. We want to see Adam do well. All right. So um, next up, we go to Adam's list, and we have. I only think I'm pronouncing this right because the highlights sounded like this. But Devin A Chain, uh, running back, Devin A Chain. Adam, what are you thinking? I'm so happy you said it because I didn't know how to say it, pronounce it either. I was hoping <laughs> Cody correct me, but A Chain, uh, yes. Um, I love him, man. He's a guy that as soon as I started watching tape, man, this guy, his speed just pops off the screen at you. And so it's another one. Um, this, this was, I know we were talking about Bijan earlier, but this is a guy that I have mocked to the Miami dolphins to just add more speed. Um, they love fast, fast running backs. They love, they love team speed, the things that they could do with him there. He, you know, he's not going to be that workhorse back, right? I don't think he has the size for it. But I think you put him in a, in a in a committee backfield where his job is to just they can get him in space um, and he can make people miss. I love the idea of of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and again, Carolina was my other team. I feel like Carolina you could mock everybody. Carolina they just need everything there. So it's like quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. So, but Carolina's my other one. But I really like the idea of of him to to, to Miami. I think it, I think it could be realistic too. I think Carolina is kind of fun. Compliment to Sanders. 
I picked Denver, small and fast. Questions about Javante Williams. I mean, I'm not sure he's exactly A-chain, exactly Sean Payton's type, but see, you could be talking about round four for, for these right. running backs, you know, acquired right. taste. And a guy like that, it's not great for fantasy. Anybody picked on Saturday, but a compliment. If, if Williams doesn't start the season, somebody's going to be there with Samaj P. Ryan, you know, and maybe – Maybe it's this kind of role, or not, not so much role as skill set here, speed with A-Chain. So um, Denver's my call. Cody? I don't, yeah, as I say, I think Javante's kind of in that J.K. Dobbins type of thing from last year where it's going to be a tough scene to see him playing this year. So I don't think the, the Samaj A.P. is going to be their guy that they're going to just roll out with uh, for a planned eight weeks. Tony Jones after that, no. Um, I think Devon A-Chain would be a, a great compliment to Samaj P. Ryan in Denver just because that speed that he brings to the table, it's a different element. Yes, I think he would fit great in the Miami and the San Francisco uh, scheme. That's, I think that's pretty obvious. I think either one of those spots would be great. San Francisco, obviously, now they have McCaffrey. That's tough. But I think as far as looking for opportunities as quick as possible, what Devon A-Chain can bring to the table, I hadn't thought of Denver. I like Denver. I'm going to go Denver here because – that exact thing. That's the usage that you're looking for day one. And yeah, we don't know. We, we've heard round two. We've heard round three. We've heard round four. And consensus right now, I think A-Chain, he's down to fourth uh, in the order. At one point, he was moving up towards number two with Gibbs uh, with a, a projected ADP of 61 in the NFL draft right now. So um, I'm going to go Denver here just because of early opportunity. And I was just on a show with my friend Noah Hills from BDGE. He has Devon A-Chain as his running back two. I'm not that quite hot on him, um, but I think the speed is there. And if he's given the right opportunity with an offensive-minded coach like Sean Payton, you know the the comps everyone wants to run with, which is obviously the high end as possible, is the C.J. Spillers, the Chris Johnsons, and these guys. But my comp was Philip Lindsay, and Philip Lindsay was in Denver, and Philip Lindsay had that speed, and he kind of had the the tight lower half, and and he could use a game changer really with the speed that he had. So I'm gonna go Denver here. I like that. That's a that's one I had not thought of, but I think that it would instantly vault him uh in these rookie drafts early only because you're getting that year one output 100 i think uh next to p ryan and 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 i think it seems like as a uh industry or whatever the fantasy community is much more alert to this javante williams thing this year than we were of jk dobbins last year so it wouldn't shock me at all if devon goes to denver i like that all right back in it now I'm not going to say hardly anything because I, my next guy is Will Levis, and I just do not want to, uh, you know, get get this wrong because we know Cody is very high on Will Levis. I went Minnesota, you know, using some maybe a little bit stereotypical kind of thoughts like development, you know, play behind somebody, and that's a scenario where, barring a trade, he lasts for a while. I've been thinking that these quarterbacks will all go very early. Of course, again in this scenario, that is not what is likely to happen, but. Levis, huge ceiling, Cousins winding down, for me, the Vikings. Adam? Yeah, I like him to – man, a couple of teams kind of in the middle here. Um, you know, listen, we've been drawing Josh Allen comparisons, and I just want to stop it right there, okay? Enough with the, enough with the Josh Allen, okay? One of one. Speaking of one of one. <laughs> one, one of one, Cody. Um, but I like Tennessee. You know, I like New, New England. New England, you know, it's interesting with them is they've always talked about um, you know, they hate defending against the, mo- the, the, the mobile quarterback. He, you know, Belichick's always talked about how difficult it is, which surprised me that you know, he took the most, you know, he, well, he had a guy that couldn't move for 20 years in Tom Brady. And then he took another one that can't, that they, they can't move back there. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if they take another shot at a quarterback that can actually move. So, um, I kind of like Tennessee. I kind of like green, Bay. I like one of these teams or even a team to jump up from maybe, you know, the back end of the first round is a guy that they can let sit behind their starter for, for a couple of years. Neither you guys, you guys don't sound very high on Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, well, who are you higher on? Are you higher on Levis or Richardson? I'm higher on Levis. Okay. Uh, it's for, for fantasy purposes, year one. Yeah. I'm higher on Richardson because I think it, like if we're talking optimal landing spots, if I put both these guys in their optimal landing spots, I think that Richardson gives you more in year one, uh, 100%. I think Levis is definitely a, 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 I wouldn't say a long play. I'd say a mid play because I think it, it's, it, we've seen multiple guys like this. Even you, you referenced Josh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields. They all take a little bit of time. Jalen Hurts took a little bit of time. Um, 
they're all going to take. I think that's what kind of the, the realm that Levis plays in with the strong arm. He does have athleticism, but yeah, I think Richardson upside is there. Um, you bring up Tennessee. I think Tennessee is very interesting. Again, we talked about them earlier. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I think they have, they're holding everything really close to their chest as they should. Uh, the Lance stuff came out a couple months ago when Rand Carthen went to Tennessee. Do they keep Derek? Do they keep Ryan Tannehill? What's the, what's the move here? They need some weapons outside. Um, who did you bring? Vikings. You brought the Vikings, right, Mike? Vikings, yeah. Vikings is one where obviously they, they have an out with cousins next year. So you could look at it in the same term, uh, like I brought up with Richardson going and playing behind golf and just kind of make him take that job. The thing with, with cousins, he just gets so much cash. Um, I would love that as a Vikings fan. If Levis went there, obviously, cause I like Levis, I like the Vikings. Um, but actually, I, I, my favorite land spot, I think my most optimal would be Indianapolis. Um, and the reason I'm going to Indianapolis, you brought up Indianapolis earlier with Richardson, it's that Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen since 2016 was the quarterback coach and then the offensive coordinator with the Chargers. Justin Herbert, six foot six, 237 pounds, 64% completion percentage in college. And then Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator with Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, 6'1", 222, 65% completion percentage in college. Who is sitting there? Will Levis, 6'3, 222, fits both those molds and threw for 64% in college. I think that if somebody, and and I was afraid of this, I was talking to Matty Keewell, my, my buddy at Player Profiler. I was like, if 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 Levis goes to Houston, it feels like it's the the David Carr thing. I'm 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 dead. I'm dead in the water with, with Will Levis in Houston. But if he goes to Indianapolis, I think I'm sitting at the mountaintop and I'm screaming. And so I, I think I'd go Indianapolis. Mm. But uh, if he's going to sit behind somebody, I'd definitely like to have him sit behind Kirk Cousins, definitely with those weapons. Yeah, I think the, the, the chat agrees with you, Cody. They think Will Levis is going to Indy. So Seth and the, and the Harry Snowman are talking about it. So, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. You know, I think I have made a mistake in this process in more trying to predict the draft than do optimal landing spots, you know, like – just, I mean, I was off today. Maybe it was different today, but thinking the sort of Houston's taken care of, maybe not. Indianapolis is taken care of, maybe not. Adam's talking about Arizona. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, you know. So optimal landing spots really means just that. And so um, Adam wins on ties if it ends up that way. <laughs> All right, your, your third and final guy with Cody Carpentier here talking about rookies and optimal landing spots. Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst on the deep end. This is a fun one. Darnell Washington, Adam. Yeah, I love Darnell Washington. Uh, you know, what 11 inch hands or something like that, like impossible. Uh, guys making one handed catches. He is another offensive lineman, right? He, the guy could just, he's a super good blocker, I think. You know, Cody can correct me on, on that. Um, I love him to a spot. And you tried to, you know, we, I almost gave it up earlier here with, when we were talking about uh, Zilstra. But I love the Lions for, for for him. I love they 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 take old linemen in the draft and they start chest bumping in in the, in the war room. So the fact that they need tight end, they can get a tight end that blocks like an off offensive lineman. Um, I'm trying to see what picks they have. I think they've got yeah they have 18. Well they have six 18 and then 48. I'm thinking maybe uh, 18 might be a little expensive, but 48 if they can get him there, I think that would be a sensational. Play for them. I'd love them in Buffalo, to, to be honest with you, but they just extended Knox, and I don't think that's going to happen. But um, him to the Lions, I think, think would be really awesome. I don't know if it'll happen, though, because they just traded away Hawkinson. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but yeah. um, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe Hawkinson wasn't as good of a blocker as they, as they wanted him to be. So I say um, I like him, John L. Washington, to the Lions. I'm excited to hear Cody talk about this player. I'll just say Miami – We've talked about Miami a couple different times. You know, uh, they brought back all their running backs. They've got their core there, I think, with Tua, Hill, and Waddle, of course. That was prolific, and they let Gesicki just walk, didn't really do much with him anyway. So the question for me is, like, well, is he Washington? I mean, as a rookie, who knows with tight end, but is he somebody that would fit into what they do? And I don't know, but what another piece they could have. Goal line, I mean, just – if, if he turns out and the, the blocker that he is to, you know, money. So I'll say Dolphins. 100%. Uh, and I don't want to, I'm 100% in line with this Miami Dolphins one. And uh, I think Detroit's a good fit just because they, obviously it's Brock Wright and James Mitchell right now, but I'm, I'm all in on Miami. Like uh, we've heard Green Bay. I think Vegas makes sense with Waller's departure and Foster Moreau. 
Um, but Miami, man, they've literally come out and said like how important blocking is. And we've seen it with George Kittle. Yes, he's been banged up, but how important that blocking is in this scheme in San Francisco. And they bring it over to Miami and they and they, and McDaniel says, Yeah, I talked to Mike Isecki and he said that he's good with blocking because he knows he's gonna have his big games. Mike Isecki left because Mike Isecki <laughs> can't block and because he's a wide receiver in a tight he's a tight end in a wide receiver's body, whatever. And I think you bring Darnell in there, and Darnell is a massive human. I went down to the Georgia Pro Day, massive human. Uh, he did under underperform, I think, through the whole uh, pre-draft process, uh, but I do think that makes him available in the early second. I think a lot of these tight ends are going to slip further than people think they will, um, just with some conversations at the Combine. they they The, the way that the executives that I talked to kind of explain the tight end position was if you just look back at the last six, seven years, uh, the 10 years actually at the, at the hit rate at tight end teams are more so starting to look at like we've seen running back turn into more of a second, third round thing. Tight ends are starting to look at as a second, third, fourth round thing uh, for these franchises. So Darnell to Miami, I think is a, is a slam dunk landing spot. And uh, I mean that in one sense that I think that he is the Shaquille O'Neal of football uh, playing tight end, because I think Darnell is a guy you're looking at him six, eight, with a wingspan, it was cool to see. Really, I think my favorite part and why I like that Shaq comp is watching Stetson Bennett. And you can have your opinions on Bennett, how he plays, whatever. Going to that pro day and watching him put footballs at like the rim, like nine foot three, and it's like, okay, I know only Darnell's going to catch that football, and he puts it in the perfect <laughs> spot. And you know, it's like, okay, you can put him in the red zone against anybody. And there is a nobody. Byron Jones maybe coming out of the combine maybe could have maybe maybe touched it. Tariq Woolen maybe could have touched it. But Darnell Washington's going to be a complete mismatch, I think, down there. And then you bring up the blocking thing as well. Like that's obviously what Miami wants. And uh, and there's there's teams that wanted wanted to look at him as a tackle. So I think that'll only make him slip a little bit further. But as far as fantasy goes, as far as best lane spot, I do think 100% Miami, um, just because of of the what they want. And that's a good blocking tight end, and then a massive mismatch. Miami sits at pick 51, having forfeited its first-round pick. We'll see what they can make work. Hope it happens. One more. Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. My question is going to be whether this is possible, but Kansas City, like there are certain teams that are just put everybody on Buffalo, put everybody on, on Kansas City, put everybody in Philadelphia. Like I feel like he is the, the skill set that he that I've read that he has, you'll know more. Uh, is like on a team with Patrick Mahomes that really doesn't have wide receiver figured out. So um, I don't think they pick a running back with the last pick of round one this year, uh, Zay Flowers, but will he be there? Talked to Brett Coleman, uh, analyst yesterday, the film room on WGR, and he's like, no way. He's not getting past New England at 14. So, um, all right, well, there goes that. But I like the Chiefs. Adam. Yeah, I like the Bills for Flowers. I, I just – I love – I love him. I think he's. I think he's great. I think again, we've been talking about this for the last couple of years since we've been doing this podcast. Mike is how the league kind of is trending towards these, these smaller, quicker route running, run after catch type guys. Quentin Johnston's like the only big time Alec Alpha in this in this draft, like the outside X receiver. So, yeah, I like him. I'm not worried about the size. Um, I mean, again, it, it could it, it might cap his his ultimate upside, but I think you put a guy like him with a good offense and a good, and a good quarterback. Um, Kansas city's fine. I think Buffalo's fine. Um, you know, Philly, Philly doesn't need him. We're kind of looking at teams here at the end. Philly doesn't need him. Cincinnati doesn't need him, but, um, but yeah, I like, I like Buffalo or, or Kansas city. I'll go, I'll go with the bills. All right, Cody. I, again, I, I think I'm in line with Coleman, Coleman, what Coleman said. Uh, I've, I've been a big fan of Zay flowers um, for a minute now. And, He's he's done everything great through this entire process. I got him at wide receiver two right now, uh, ahead of Quentin Johnston, who's like I said before, I think he's done uh, a few things wrong through the process, i.e., say you're going to run faster than you are, come in, da da da, the weight's different, all this different stuff. But Zay is uh, about as good as it gets for what his body type is. He's got a smaller frame, but I think he's got elite ball skills. I think he's a professional route runner. I had him comparable to Jalen Waddle. Um, Buffalo, Kansas City, I think would be beautiful landing spots when it comes to fantasy when it comes to output when it comes to upside because there's clear need in both of those places obviously inside of Stefan Diggs and Kansas City I mean you put anybody there and they're gonna uh, excel but I think that uh, 
what Coleman said, he's going to be gone by 14 with New England. That's pretty rich, but I, I don't think that's far off. I think that's right in that same ballpark. I look at Houston. I look at Seattle. I think the Chargers are a floor. Um, he brings up New England. I think, yeah, that's a good spot, but I think the Chargers are a floor. I like Houston. Uh, that Brandon Cooks rolls wide open down there. Um, who else did I say? I said Seattle. Seattle was the one that I think is a little bit of a sleeper spot uh, when they're, they have two first round picks. One is at five and one is at 20. So we've seen Seattle do a lot of things in the past, which is mostly moved down. If they were to move down from five and say, get to 12, 11, whatever, maybe they go down to 11 with a Tennessee move up 11. You're sitting there and Zay's on the clock. You also have pick 20 and, and there's some edge rushers that'll fall down there. They need edge. Miles Murphy might be there at 20. You're sitting at 11. Zay flowers is on the clock. Why wouldn't you want to add Zay Flowers inside of DK and Tyler Lockett, who's aging? Oh, baby, I would love that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have 20 more, but you've given us a lot of time already. <laughs> uh, thank you, Cody. The draft is coming up April 27th in Kansas City. Do you get to go to the draft? Yes, we will be there. Boots on the ground. Uh, we'll have the content house this year. Last year we went to Vegas and there was, I think, six of us, uh, Podfather included, Nate Liss and Alex Dunlap and Anna Naduri. And this year I think there's going to be like a dozen of us. So, yes, we'll be boots on the ground, Kansas City, producing the content for the fine people. Very nice. See you in Canton or no? Yes, sir, 100%. All right, good. Can't wait. Love Adam? Love it. Us. Yeah, can't wait. Maybe, listen, maybe I'll get a – are you playing flag football again this year, Cody, or what? Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. Mike it's and nice. I are, are, are putting a squad together. So Yes. Yes, machine. <laughs> Love it. Cody, thanks a lot. Really, really good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, as always. Have a great one. Thanks, Cody. Cody Carpentier, player profiler on the deep end tonight. Well, advantage push, as the great Nick McCoy would say. It. I would say. What a comeback. Else. I thought I was about to win <laughs> three and two. And that was, you want a comeback at the end there. You never know in sports. All right. Hey, before we go, I showed you that draft board early on. Adam and I talked about it. That's from last night. You know, we're both maniacs at this stuff, and you can find us almost anywhere. Adam did more than 100 baseball drafts uh, on Underdog, so um, we don't we don't slow down. Adam, right. like, where where are you right now? Are you in the Fantasy Pros Championship space? Are you on Underdog? The Superflex thing opened up. Are you laying low? What uh, with the draft coming up three weeks away, some of these slow drafts might end up straddling that, or, or almost. Maybe if we start next week, that could happen. So, what's your your overall plan right now? Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Those those slow drafts that kind of are involved during the NFL draft. But yeah, like you said, I, I maxed out the underdog um, baseball, so that took quite a bit of time and kind of effort there. And plus, I think that's kind of the perfect time to do it because it's hard for me to really wrap my head around. Um, I know it's all kind of we're kind of throwing darts here at this point in the season because we don't even know what receivers are going where. And, you know, the, the draft is going to affect so much when it comes to, and there's still some, some free agents out there um, that are, that are available. So that, that, that can affect everything. So I was kind of holding off for a little bit of football. Obviously I'm involved in the dynasty and I did a couple of underdog uh, best balls. So that always, that always keeps me good. But once this NFL draft hits, man, I'm going to be in the player profile or championship over at the FFPC. I'm going to be hitting it hard. Um, you know, I usually like to get in the first one of those every year, uh, but it snuck up so, so, so quick. They announced like the day that it opened. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Uh, usually it opens. Usually I'm in the first one, like the day after the first round of the NFL draft. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll be, that's what I'll be diving into once the NFL draft hits is that player profiler championship over on FFPC. Most of what I'm doing now is trying to tinker with dynasty draft position um, read the league. Who's got what? What do you have? Are you in a place where you want to trade up, trade down? I think the back, we talked about this last week, maybe the back half of the first round is pretty convoluted right now with what could happen in the NFL draft. You know, you got to plant your flag. And if players like Johnston or A-Chain that we talked about, Charbonnet, some of these guys somehow, not that they all would, but go well into Friday or onto day three. It happens every year. I mean, there are guys that there are surprises like that. And, you know, most fantasy or dynasty leagues are drafting after the draft, some immediately after, but beforehand, if you think you might, this is what, it. this is like what always matters. You know, if you think you want to predict what's coming and figure out how to maneuver with your team, your roster, your draft picks based on that, 
And I think um, it just feels a little bit to me like the back half of round one could be all over the place in dynasty drafts right now. So I don't really want to be in there, right? I'll trade up and I know who I'm getting Smith and Jigba Gibbs, you know, those guys, I, I can sort of lock in one of those players. That's where, what I want to predict. Uh, otherwise push me back around next year, depending on the roster, things like that. So that's what most of my time is, but these little whimsical drafts like last night happened too. And um, I hope that some of you who watch and listen to us, uh, raise your hand. If you ever see us in there, you know, we'd love to know that we're playing against guys that have, that have watched the show. It's not, it's not so bad. You know, if we get too big at them, then, Oh, You'd hate to be playing against viewers because they know all your moves, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried about that. No, no, that's fun. Everyone's everyone's they're everyone's so super sharp now. There's just so many. All the edges that we used to have are are, are gone now because people. There's there's podcasts and there's you know just so much good information out there from really smart people who've had a lot of success. And I always stress to people: find the the analysts that have had success playing fantasy football. Uh, Billy and Billy and Theo being two of the absolute uh, kind of benchmarks there. They're, they're analysts, but they've also won at the highest levels. So um, definitely this is, this, is the, this is the place to be. Well, exciting to be back with uh, you, Adam, and everybody on the deep end tonight. I was at the Great Wolf Lodge. I got the badge to prove it today. It's in my room key over in <laughs> Canada today. My family's all still there, but... Felt like I can come home, host the deep end, let the dog out, you know, just check on the house. And then in a, in a matter of moments, I'll decide whether to go back up uh, for the night. But cool place. Anyway. What a life. Oh, baby. What a life. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Glad you're feeling a little bit better. Thanks to Cody Carpentier. Thanks to Matt and everybody at Player Profiler. Billy, Theo, and the guys there. Super team. We're very excited to be a part of it. We'll be with you each Tuesday night. 9 Eastern, YouTube, Spotify. Week one was a little bit, you know, lots of people <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. Uh, we'll get that there. I had a couple of questions like, where's the show? We'll get that better and make sure you can find us in a lot of different places uh, with episode two, this one. So with that, enjoy the rest of your night. Mike and Adam, thanks for watching and listening. This is The Deep End. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.